Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. We invite your calls. If you're listening on Saturday only, you can call in live 631-955-5400. That's Saturday only, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions anytime in the week. As our voice told you, 516-367-0391, and you'll help us put together future programs or give questions that we can pass on to our guest for today. Well, we're emphasizing counseling this month on a visit to the pastor's study. And for today's program, I want to get away from the more common topics when we think about counseling and focus instead on helping a category of people who often get little attention, parents, of special needs children. When a parent or parents find out that one or more of their children has special needs that will require special understanding, special training, and special services, well, the response is, is actually it's similar to bereavement. There's shock with the diagnosis, and then there's disorganization. What do I do now? How will this upset my life? And why me? And finally, there's reorganization. These are the things that I need to do so that I can be the best help to my special needs child. And you start to do those things. But you realize you're in a whole new world in which you need a lot of guidance. So to whom do you go? What are the best helps for both my child and for me? And will this ever get easier? Parents of special needs children need to be honest. Their children need help, but so do they. In a previous visit to the pastor's study program, Christina Miller gave us lots of practical helps as we delved into the topic autism, helping children and their parents. And you can find that program in our A Visit to the Pastor's Study archives at our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. Or you can go to our A Visit to the Pastor's Study site on sermonaudio.com. And that program, Autism, Helping Children and Their Parents, had quite a response. Today, Christina Miller is with us again to zero in on counseling parents of special needs children. And Christina Miller is well qualified for this big counseling task. She's the daughter of an Orthodox Presbyterian pastor who's helped her think through every issue from the perspective of the Word of God. Christina and her husband, Matt, are parents of one daughter with autism and another daughter with sensory processing disorder. And along with that, Christina is also a teacher of special needs children, and her training and skills are used in classrooms with particularly difficult and challenging special needs children. So I don't really know of anyone better able to counsel parents of special needs children. And to do that with a gospel focus under the lordship of Jesus Christ who governs us by his word. So parents of special needs children, get ready for some help and you'll get some encouragement too because you really need that. If you're listening on Saturday, you can call in with your question. Again, the live call-in number, 
5400, or you can text your questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill, 516-367-0391. Christina Miller, welcome back to A Visit to the Pastor's Thank study. you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you can be here. We've got a lot to do. You have a lot inside of you to get out? I do. Oh, I know you do, and it'll be helpful. All right, Christina, we were planning the program, and first we thought we would help parents know how to access services to help their special needs children, but then you realized there was a more fundamental issue, fear. Let's yes. Talk, let's talk about that. Yes, so... Um, the reason I wanted to focus on fear is because the, the helps to get the services for your children are out there, and it can be overwhelming, but they're out there. However, so many parents struggle to take the step to decide to yeah. get the services and the helps because, because of the fear that they feel. Well, Christina, you mentioned... I mean, you're you're a ball of information about all of this. The first big fear is my child has special needs and parents are in denial, right? Yes. Talk about that. So whenever we deal with fear, um, we deal with something we call experiential avoidance, Mm -hmm. which is just a fancy way of saying you want to avoid the experience of the painful emotion. Yeah. It's like if people get a diagnosis of cancer or something. Right, right. right. So, you know, it's painful. You're scared for your child. I remember when my daughter first got diagnosed, a million things were going through my head. You sort of, their whole future flashes before your eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's definitely really scary. And I think for a lot of parents um, whose kids have developmental disorders like ADHD, autism, um, behavior sort of um, your diagnoses that come with more behavioral symptoms. Mm-hmm. They um, they don't want to face up to the fact that it's because something is wrong. It's kind of, I compare it to like when you have that big pile of laundry at home yeah. that you need to fold and it's intimidating and so you make excuses not to deal with it you're doing the same thing but just on an emotional yeah and it's not until level. you find out that you don't have the things that you need that you realize I better get to this right and what you're saying is get to the laundry admit it <laughs> and start yes. working on it early yes because you know the biggest thing is that when children are young you can sort of glaze over it and decide i'm not going to get them help and you can muddle through but as they get older if they're not getting the interventions and the support the problems compound yeah you've you've mentioned things like um, anxiety and depression even addictions Right, because addiction is now the child has so much anxiety and pain because they understand a lot of times that their behavior isn't looked upon favorably. Yeah, at a time when they're very sensitive about that. Right. Right, and so they become very anxious in social situations, depressed, and they 
they're constantly being corrected. They hear no a lot more often. They're yelled at a lot more often than other right. more typical, lead, typically developing kids would be. So um, it affects their self-esteem. And yeah, not they, to mention they're mentioned, they're called bad kids. Right, they're yeah. called bad kids. Right. And so what happens is by avoiding that label of autism or that label of ADHD or emotionally disturbed, whatever the label you're trying right. to avoid, they're still being labeled. But now they're being labeled the bad kid or the dumb kid or Or even a special needs kid. child. I mean that 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 can cut two ways, but it even that you're in a, you're in a you feel like you're in an odd category. Right. Yeah, okay. So um so what happens is they do become anxious, they become depressed and addiction is their way of avoiding their feelings. Now when you say addiction, you're talking are you talking about addiction to drugs, alcohol, food? It could be any of those things. Um but anything that they do to numb the pain yeah, okay. or distract themselves from the pain. Right. But we are seeing a drug epidemic right. in this country. Um, Particularly right now. with special needs people. Yes, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, very interesting because it, it, it's rather than deal with the emotions, we would say biblically, and how those can be corrected, people are labeled as bad people or. Or whatever it would be, and then right. then they they try to sedate themselves as a as a result, right? Right. Okay. Right. Well, you mentioned Christina. You you see the the child when you get your diagnosis, the sort of the child's whole life or your whole life going before you. Well, develop that one a little bit. Right. So. When my daughter first got diagnosed with autism, um, and autism is a spectrum, so. Children are at various levels of severity. Mm -hmm. My daughter's on the very high functioning end of that spectrum. Um, but you worry, is my child ever going to live on her own? Is she ever going to get married? Is she ever going to have a career and be able to engage in those aspects of life that really make us have okay. a full life? Um, and you worry about particularly if your kid is more severely on the spectrum, you worry sure. about things like when I'm gone, who's going to take care yeah, of my child? So, yeah. um, you know, that first diagnosis is really scary. And what I, what I learned to do, um, and I've dealt with anxiety myself a great deal, um, but what I've learned to do is to be in the moment, to be mm -hmm. present in the moment, what does my child need now? What right, is okay. my child going through now? And just take the next step. And if you're constantly doing that, eventually you've taken a lot of steps. That's, that's a beautiful way to put it because when the scriptures say the word is a light to my path, right. that's not an LED light. No. That was a candle, basically, that lit the next step exactly. that you went. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I... I, I a verse that comes to my mind often as we're going through different things is sufficient for the day is its own evil. Right. Don't worry about tomorrow. We're only sort of given grace and light for today. <laughs> and when we try to look ahead of that, it's very overwhelming. Now, Christina, one of the things that, that came up from the last program that we did, which I think was a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago, maybe not quite that long, yeah. 
people were, at least from the input that I got, they were struck with the fact that you are very willing to work through the system, the educational system, to get help. And it seemed that some of the people have the view that we ought to fear that. How do you respond to that? Yes, I think there's a lot of um, media coverage and sort of conversation among Christians about the public school system and secular psychology. Um, And that's some of it is well warranted. Um, It's not that these things never happen, but the kinds of things that I've heard growing up in the church is just like if you bring your kid to a psychologist, they're going to brainwash them against Christianity. So there's this fear that if you open yourself up to that world, that that your child is going to be led astray. And you've not run into any of that. No, I haven't. And this is New York. And and we're in New York. Now, my husband was a New York City school teacher, and it's a little different. Um, You see a little more of that there, but I've been, you know, either working in the field professionally or parenting and having these therapists come into my home and you have to realize that um, three three things that I've realized. Okay. The first thing is that these people who go into these caring professions of to be a therapist, right. to be a social worker, most of them are coming from a place of empathy yeah. and wanting to help. It's also been my experience as a pastor working with social workers. Yes, but. and so most of them, they're not out to get you. And I think that there have been some incidents that have gotten reported a certain way that has struck fear into us as a Christian culture. Um, But I haven't seen that to be the case. The other thing is that they are obligated um, the same way doctors take an oath. They take an oath. That, and part of that is having respect for the religious beliefs of the family. Oh, okay. And I remember we had behavioral therapists come into our home. And when I was filling out the paperwork for that, they asked us about our religious beliefs okay. so that they could be in tune and respectful, and respectful right. of right. that. And we've even had, um, when my daughter was getting behavioral therapy, the behavioral therapist came to church from time to time oh, because her job was to follow my daughter through her normal routine and right. give her supports right. on how she, you know, adapt her behaviors um, and coping skills for the different events in her right. real life. And so church is part of our normal routine. Sure. And so the therapist came to church. And the third one, before we get to the voice of a visit to the pastor's study, you said there were three. Um, yeah, now I'm, <laughs> <laughs> now just, I'm losing let's, my... Let's, let's just work with those two for right now. <laughs> we are going to, of course, the big question is how you conquer those fears. And that's what we're going to look at after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. 
It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. It's Counseling Month on A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Today, counseling parents of special needs children. And my guest is parent and teacher of special needs children, Christina Miller. Your text questions are welcome any time in the week on this topic or anything else. 516-367-0391. 516-367-0391. Or you can email me at visit Pastor Bill. That's all one word. Visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. Christina, help parents of special needs children to get over those fears. Yes. So um, this is something I have really wrestled with on a very, very personal level. Which is why you're so gifted at helping parents with it. Thoughts. Right, right. Um, so I think that it's incredibly important to understand that even as Christians, we will fear. We just will it's going to happen. We're going to experience that emotion. And yes, God tells us over and over again in his word not to fear, mm. but I think that's because he knows that we will. <laughs> Otherwise, he wouldn't right. emphasize it right. so much. Um, so it's just a fact. It's in our nature to fear, especially where our children are concerned. We're wired to protect them and care for them and mm -hmm. worry about them. We're wired that way. So, and I think that because as Christians, we understand that God is calling us to faith and not to fear. A lot of times what happens is, and I know this is, this is my experience and talking to people, others have this experience as well, is that we feel a sense of shame, that we do feel fear, that somehow we're letting God down. Mm -hmm. And so, and guilt, a sense of guilt. Guilt, sure. Yes, mm -hmm. and and those emotions of shame and guilt, they're not helpful. And the point, the entire point of being a Christian, is that Jesus covered all of our sins already, so we can freely admit that we have fear, that we're worried about tomorrow, even mm -hmm. though it says not yeah, to, <laughs> we can just admit that, just own it. And um, the example, you know, and as a special ed teacher, we're very behavioral and we always look at 
the behavior tells a truer story than people's words. And when you read the Psalms from a behavioral perspective, and you, yes, the words, but also what is David doing? You start to see a pattern emerge, and not in every Psalm, but in many of them, he begins expressing these distressing emotions Mm -hmm. in extreme ways he's you know when my heart is overwhelmed within me yes. lead me to the rock that's higher than i that's an right. example and of it. Yeah. yes and and we even see examples of him questioning god and what is he yeah. doing right. i don't understand what you're doing and then from there he he kind of has his moment where he explains everything he's upset about and then he moves on and he begins to reason with himself about the truth of God. And from there, he moves into a place of peace and a place of faith. In God himself. In God himself. But the thing that strikes me is the person he trusts with those emotions Mm. of fear is God. He doesn't feel like he has to not be afraid he is afraid, and so he goes to God with his fear. He oh. trusts God with his fear. Beautifully put. Beautifully so put. to me, you know, when we think about it, the people we're closest to in our lives are the people we're the most vulnerable with, and the people who see our ugliest parts and still love us anyway, that's the relationship okay. I think God is looking for, and I think that's why David has, is oh. said to be the man after God's own heart. Because he did trust God in that yeah, way. Yeah. Christina, you have two, two special needs children. As a Christian, what's your biggest encouragement in your work? In all of my work, my biggest encouragement is that God is on the throne. Oh. And that he loves my children. Oh. And he loves my students. And I've learned to look at things in a very small way. What can I do today? How can I approach this moment? How can I help this student or my daughter right now? Mm -hmm. And just trust that God is going to make something of that. Your blog, Christina. So my blog (laughs) um, is nurturingmindfully.com. And uh, I discuss different parenting issues. I discuss special needs, but I also discuss things that would apply to any parent. Okay. Um, so and it's nurturingmindfully, all one word. All one word. Nurturingmindfully.com, and that's how they can reach out and connect with you. Yes. Okay, great. Hey, my thanks to Christina Miller for being with us today. And thanks for preparing the way for the counsel from a pastor's study, because I prepared this not having heard what you were going to say, but great minds line up. <laughs> okay. Um, you have the great mind. It'll line up. Oh, mine lines up with yours, okay? <laughs> um, it, you know, folks, it's not only parents of special needs children who battle with fear. As Christina said, we all do. And the Word of God wouldn't say over and over again, don't fear, if we weren't prone to fear. So let me be very clear, though, that outside of Jesus Christ, that is not running to him in faith and receiving and resting on him alone for your deliverance from sin and death, outside of Jesus Christ, you and your children have a lot to fear. 
Jesus himself said that not to believe in him is to be condemned already, and that's really fearful. So I urge you, in fact, I beg you to entrust yourself and your children to Jesus Christ and remember that whoever comes to him in true faith will never be rejected. But in Jesus Christ, by grace through faith, you have the perfect medicine for your fears. Perfect love casts out fear, says the Apostle John. Now, your love for God isn't perfect, but his love for you is. Dwell on that, and dwell on that a lot, the love of God for you that's proclaimed on every page of the Bible and is demonstrated in the self-giving love of Jesus Christ for you. And remember that Jesus, your Lord and Savior, as Christina has said, has all authority in heaven and on earth, and he really is working everything out for your good. All things work together for good to those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose, as it says in the book of Romans. Now, that doesn't mean that things are always easy. They rarely are in our fallen world. But it does mean that your Lord is taking the winds and the waves that are so scary, and he's using them to drive you into places in which you will experience the goodness of the Lord. Believe that. And last but hardly least, Think of the examples of Jesus' loving responses to parents who came to him on behalf of their children. You can read many examples of these, especially in the first three New Testament Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they are designed to encourage you that Jesus hears the prayers of distressed parents who bring their children to him in faith. Jesus Christ embodied the good news that God will be a God to us and to our children, and the only way he's changed is that he now reigns from heaven and sends his spirit to people of all nations to fulfill that promise. Pray for your children. Be patient. Watch what the Lord will do. Fear not. I'm with you, says the Lord your God. Hey, Sunday's the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that's faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.